0: Hi, Star Wars fans. I'm Ryan Walker, and this is Jump to Lightspeed. Welcome back, Star Wars friends. There's some minor spoilers for The Mandalorian coming up, so if you have not watched it yet for whatever reason, you may want to skip ahead now. So, I remember, maybe a year, year and a half ago, when Werner Herzog was cast in The Mandalorian, thinking to myself how amazing it was, even though I wasn't super familiar with his work. I recognized him from some of his minor acting appearances, like his role in Parks and Recreation, or some voice appearances in, like, Penguins of Madagascar and Rick and Morty. On looking through his IMDb page, I've definitely heard of some of the films that he's written, Fitzcarraldo, for example, really jumps out at me, and I can't really explain why. But he's definitely one of those names that you know is a legend in filmmaking by reputation. So, the question is, how did Werner Herzog get involved in Star Wars? The answer, of course, is money. Let me explain. So, going back to May, there was an article in Vanity Fair magazine that included snippets of an interview they conducted with him at the Cannes Film Festival. He was there to discuss his movie that was showing, uh, Family Romance, LLC. He had some difficulty getting investors for the project because it was, uh, let's say, kind of unconventional. He wrote a script but left it incomplete. He, he was just going to have the actors ad-lib a good portion of their lines. But but the actors weren't going to be actors. They were going to be non-actors. Uh, uh, Japanese-speaking non-actors, to be specific. From Japan, because they were going to film in Japan. Oh, yeah, and uh, Herzog didn't actually, you know, speak any Japanese. So I I can't imagine why people weren't really into throwing money at this idea. So... Um, just like a teenager taking on a bunch of odd jobs to save up money for their very own Xbox, he took on a bunch of roles that he probably otherwise wouldn't have, just to earn enough money to, to finance this movie. And one of those roles was his role as the client in The Mandalorian. So at that time, he, he was asked about why he was getting involved in a Star Wars project. So he responded, quote, I asked for the full screenplays, and I looked into the part, and it looked good and interesting unquote. It's kind of a non-committal answer there, eh? He also says, quote, I had a very, very vague idea of what Star Wars was all about, unquote. Now, as someone who immerses himself in Star Wars on an almost daily basis, this is a wild concept to me, that there are people out there who, you know, beyond not even having seen the movie, who don't even know what it's about. I mean, I th- I always thought that it was kind of ubiquitous. Use the Force, Luke. I am your father. Those those things are are pop culture. They're everywhere. So at first glance, uh, it kind of seems like a bit of a money grab. But then all the media interviews start rolling out with the release of The Mandalorian, and it turns out he actually really enjoyed himself, and he, he really had a lot of fun playing this role. There's an article in Deadline from about two weeks ago where he was asked to describe his time on set and what he took away from it. And he has nothing but positive things to say. Um, He says, quote, On the big fantasy films, actors were acting almost like robots in front of green screens, and and you didn't see the world that you were inhabiting, unquote. Which sounds like he could be talking about, say, the Marvel movies, which which rely heavily on green screens, especially those Thor movies. Uh, He goes on, quote, now the actors see the entire universe in which they are operating, and the camera does the same. The camera sees it as well, so cinema is back to its very life, where it had been." Unquote. Cinema. He doesn't see The Mandalorian as a TV series, he sees it as cinema, which, which strikes me as extremely high praise from a person of of Herzog status. What he's talking about, by the way, is that evidently ILM, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, came up with a way to give their actors a better way of understanding what will be happening in their scenes once the CGI is added. It sounds kind of like some augmented reality technology. And of course, just like the sequel trilogy, they're relying less on CGI backgrounds and green screen, instead doing much more with practical effects, created sets, and puppets. Now, speaking of puppets, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Herzog's reaction to Baby Yoda. From a Variety interview about the same time, and this was all from the media blitz in the days right after Disney Plus launched. He was asked what he thought when he first saw the child revealed in chapter one. And he says, quote, I've seen it on the set. I've seen it on the set and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreakingly beautiful. Which, I mean, to hear Herzog call the puppet of a 50-year-old green infant heartbreakingly beautiful is just proof of the amazing times in which we live. He describes seeing a pair of techs operating it remotely, one doing the eyes and mouth, the other doing the other movements. And he goes on to say, quote, it looked convincing. It made you cry when you saw it, unquote. So the heartbreaking beauty of Baby Yoda made Werner Herzog cry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you and me both, Werner. You and me both. But wait, it gets even better. Uh, last week's episode featured the first direct interaction between the client and the child. And in the New York Times interview with director Deborah Chow, she's she's talking about how crazy it is that she was given the challenge of directing Werner and the baby. And she says this of them. He, at some point, had literally forgotten that it wasn't a real being and was talking to the child as though it was a real existing creature. And that, my friends, is probably the greatest sentence I will read in my lifetime. I desperately want to see some behind-the-scenes footage of Werner and the baby interacting. If that's on a Blu-ray set, I'm instantly buying a copy for myself and for all of my friends. So that's going to do it for today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Warner and the Child. Send me an email at jumptolightspeedpod at gmail.com or visit me on Twitter at jump to lightspeed. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you happen to be using. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.